Would you uh, open your Bibles to, uh, let's see here, let's just go to uh, Matthew chapter 6 uh, for today, and uh, we'll just hang out there. We're kind of going all over the map, but Matthew chapter 6 is where you're going to want to be, so uh, go there. And uh, so we're going to start a little mini-series here over the next uh, couple, uh, couple weeks uh, to close out uh, January, and they're all different topics, and, uh, but they all kind of come from the same thought. So the thought was, and this video uh, fit so perfectly that I thought, you know what, I'm going to switch things around. So the video you just watched was called A Clean Slate. And so uh, to the series of messages that we're going to be giving, I'll be giving over the next few weeks, uh, the title of those messages is called A Clean Slate. And our first one is on prayer, and then I have two more that I'm not going to tell you what they are because uh, uh, I'm not sure which order I'm going to do them in, but... Uh, we're going to do two more after this, but uh, this is, so this is the start of a short little mini-series, and so, but the first one is on prayer, so uh, before we go any further, I want to remind you that tonight is our more service, so the second Sunday of every month, we have our more service uh, at six o'clock right here in the sanctuary, and it's for our chance to go deeper with God and worship, so I want to make sure that you all know about that, make sure you're here if you're interested in that, and uh, it's going to be a great time together in the house of the Lord. And I'm, I'm really excited about it. And I'm most excited about it this month because it really kicks off our week of prayer, which starts uh, the <laughs> early tomorrow morning at 7 o'clock. So we're going to leave at 7 o'clock tonight, and then we're going to show back up together at 7 o'clock tomorrow morning. It's going to be amazing. And, uh, oh, man, so awesome. And uh, just going to get the warm your cars. Or you can bring your snowmobile. How about that? Okay. So if you have one. So anyways, but uh, uh, we're going to do that tonight. So more service tonight, 6 o'clock. I had to say that. Okay, we're done. So uh, each new year is the chance to reset. Listen to me. It's the chance to reset your prayer life. All right? And uh, I don't know about you, but sometimes uh, I find myself drifting with my prayer life. I'll have uh, some times where I feel like I'm, I'm good with my prayer life. I'll have some times where I feel like I'm, uh, I'm having a tougher time with my prayer life. But at the beginning of each new year, I really believe it's the chance to reset our prayer life uh, to the place where it should be. And that's really where we get a clean slate from God. Like those, all those uh, people were saying in the video, we had the chance to clean the slate, to not, not to worry about the past, not to look backwards, but to focus on the future. And that's how we get a clean slate. At the end of the video, it had it on the screen and it was really small. So I'll just read it to you. It's from Lamentations 3, verse 22 to 24. A little excerpt here. It says, the steadfast love of the Lord. They had a different translation than I have. But it says, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Therefore, therefore, I will hope in him. That's Lamentations 3, 22 to 24. So you see, prayer should be uh, integral to our spiritual walk. If we are walking with God, prayer should be an integral part of that. Uh, I'm sure for most people in this room today, there's up and downs when it comes to your prayer life. Uh, sometimes your prayer life may be full and vibrant, while other times it may feel difficult and forced in some way. Situations and obstacles that, we're, that we are facing all make an impact in our prayer life. I think I, all of you would agree with me. But for me, I feel as though our prayer life may get bogged down uh, from time to time. I feel like that's possible. But it's, and it's, it is possible that we need a reset. When we feel like we're struggling with our prayer life, we need to reset our prayer life. We need that clean slate. 
Um, I've shared this illustration in the past, so forgive me, but I, it fits again today. Sometimes when your cell phone, I don't have mine with me, uh, when your cell phone gets uh, slow and doesn't feel as zippy as it once did, all you need to do is save your data and then reset your phone to the factory settings. And most of the time, that simple action of uh, taking a moment to reset your phone will bring it back to life and make it feel new again and will give it uh, a new sense of life in your cell phone that once maybe had a little bit of trouble. The same can be said about our prayer life. Sometimes we just need to reset it. So hopefully everyone knows by now that starting tomorrow at 7 o'clock, we're partnering together to speak with God as one voice through a week of prayer. As I've mentioned before, this isn't just a time for a few of us to come together. This is a chance for our church to come together, taking just one hour each day out of our week so that we can connect with God corporately is going to be significant. I believe that we will draw closer together. Listen to this. I believe we'll draw closer together as a church family during the next week that people will receive new focus when it comes to their faith. We will see situations change. The atmosphere around our families, workplaces, and friendships will shift just because we devoted ourselves to one week of prayer. I believe that with all my heart. Uh, one thought that has stuck with me since we uh, had Alpha this past fall was this uh, short quote, If we don't pray, nothing happens. <laughs> And I love that so much, and some people are troubled by that theologically, but it's true. If we don't pray, nothing happens, all right? God needs us to speak to him. We need to give our request to him, pray to him, whatever's going on. God, help me in this situation. So I've seen it. Uh, uh, when we think of this statement, uh, if we don't pray, nothing happens. I've seen this within our own church over the past year, that when we pray, God does something. God moves. But if we don't pray... Nothing happens. <laughs> we just kind of go week to week to week, all right? Even last night, I was going over a, th uh, a thread of prayer requests that some of our congregation leave on Facebook, and I was so pleased to see people passionately praying and then seeing God's answers and plans unfold to those requests. Last week, we prayed for Brenda. She was in the hospital. Today, she's here, all right? <laughs> all right, so when we pray... God answers our prayer. In fact, when we were praying last week was around the time Brenda changed and she got to go home and all that kind of stuff. Her heart got on the right track. So today we're going to take a practical approach to prayer. And uh, so what I'm going to do is we're going to look at the nuts and bolts of how and why we pray. Sometimes we need uh, just some uh, details of how, how things go. So I got a short story for you, and uh, that was all the intro, so we're going to be here past lunch. Don't worry about it. It's all good. This week, I came across a story of uh, Eugene Peterson, who died recently. Uh, this story was a number of years ago. He was teaching a, sm a small seminary class about prayer. That's what his, the topic was. One of the students had written down the events that took place during the opening moments of that course. Uh, so this took place long before the days of computers in classrooms or anything like PowerPoint or the video programs we use today, even in our own church services. They had nothing like this, all right? But Dr. Peterson collected himself at the beginning of the class and pulled over an old overhead projector. Yes, I remember what they were. And he pulled over this overhead projector, and on the projector, he slid his first slide onto the machine, which had a whole bunch of information on it. He grabbed an old felt-tipped marker, 
and uh, circled the words on the screen, Jesus prayed. That's what he did to start the course. Then he said this, the words Jesus prays represent the very foundation for any and all Christian prayer. It's true. The words Jesus prays represent the very foundation for any and all Christian prayer. So today I don't have one passage of scripture uh, that we're going to be focusing on because we're going to be drawn into a bunch of different directions. But if I had to pick one scripture for today, I would pick this scripture. It's one of my favorites. Actually, you know what would happen? Uh, when I was younger and foolish and I would think I was cool and so I'd be sweet on Arlene before we were dating and I'd try to say funny things to her. <laughs> it would never work out. Um, I, she, I would say like, what's your favorite Bible verse? I don't know why I would say stuff like that. But uh, she would say to me, oh, so funny. She's not even here. This is awesome. Okay. She would say to me, First Thessalonians 5.17. And I was like, why? She's like, it's the shortest verse in the Bible. And it is. Pray continually. All right. And so if we had to pick one scripture verse for today, it would be pray continually from First Thessalonians 517, and that's how Arlene and I got together, apparently. All right, but it's a simple statement, but its truths are deep. Pray continually. When I started to think about today's message, I was immediately drawn to a few people in Scripture. Uh, my first thought, I'm going to go through these rather quick, but uh, so just get ready. We're going to go. There's football games on today. I watched two of them yesterday. We got work to do. All right, no, I'm just joking. I've never stopped church early for football. My first thought... <laughs> My first thought was drawn to Moses. When we look to Exodus 19.21, uh, uh, Exodus 19.21-25, we see this amazing picture of Moses meeting with God. We see the picture that God's power is so raw and bold and uh, full of power that the people cannot come near him or they will perish. We actually see, to, uh, see God tell Moses, don't let them come near because they will die. That's what he says. Moses is warned by God to, to keep the people away, to keep them at a safe distance. This is what it says. I couldn't help but read it. It says this, Exodus 19, verse 21. And the Lord said to him, go down and warn the people so they do not force their way through to see the Lord, and many of them perish. Even the priests who approach the Lord must consecrate themselves or the Lord will break out against them. Moses said to the Lord, the people cannot come up Mount Sinai because you yourself warned us. Put limits around the mountain and set it apart as holy. The Lord replied, go down and bring Aaron up with you. But the priests and the people must not force their way through to come up to the Lord or he will break out against them. Think of the power of God in that description in Scripture. It's so amazing. Can you feel the power of God at work among his people? Right then is where God gives the Ten Commandments to the nation of Israel. He gives it in the next chapter. What I love in this picture is that Moses is with God. Of course he is. Verse 19 says, Moses spoke and God answered him in thunder. <laughs> Oh man, so amazing, so amazing. Moses had this unique relationship with God, and we all know this, but those, uh, uh, let me, oh, I messed up my words here. The quote is fitting, and we must consider how Moses and his experience with God is so incredible. Uh, I've read this before to our church, but I want to read this quote again to you guys. Prayer, think about this, think about this, and think about Moses, the scripture we just read. Prayer is exhaling the spirit of man 
and inhaling the Spirit of God. Church, this week I want to do a lot of exhaling my spirit and a lot of inhaling of the Spirit of God. Don't we all, wouldn't that be all of our heart's desires? Next, let's uh, briefly turn to Daniel. He was the next person that the Lord brought to my mind. We can see that Daniel, who could hear the voice of God like no one else in his time, and he came before God. God had spoken, spoken clearly to Daniel of what was to come. We find in Daniel uh, chapter 10, verse 2, it says this, In those days I, Daniel, was mourning for three weeks. I ate no delicacies, no meat or wine entered my mouth, nor did I anoint myself at all for the full three weeks. You see, Daniel sacrificed so that he could open his mind and spirit to what God wanted to speak to him. He had to bring his body, mind, and soul, and spirit into submission to hear the voice of the Lord speak. Right after Daniel went through this uh, pulling back of his fleshly desires, he had these amazing visions of what was to come. Here's a quote I want to read this morning. God doesn't intend us to know his character. He also intends his people to share his character. So he doesn't want us just to know his character. He wants us to also share his character. It's not just about knowing God. It's, a, it's us discovering who he is in our lives. And church, that happens through prayer. There's no other way. There's no other way. Finally, today we turn uh, to our greatest example. And uh, the, uh, Moses and Daniel are kind of like an intro to this guy. But finally, we turn to our greatest example, the Lord Jesus, right? Of course. Jesus took prayer to a whole new level during the time of his ministry on earth. You see, the depth of his prayer was so deep. Nothing had ever come close to it before. His example in prayer is what we must test ourselves against each and every day of our life. For starters, he taught us how to pray. And this is where Matthew 6 comes. It says this in Matthew 6, verse 9. He, Jesus says, Pray then like this, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as, also, uh, we, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. When we look at the depth of the prayers of Jesus, we see the significance of the words that he's spoken. Luke, 22, uh, Luke chapter 22, verse 44 says, And being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly. Think about that. Have you ever been in anguish in prayer? I know you have. Jesus says, pray more earnestly. And then it says this, and his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. That's how earnestly he was praying. He was so filled with sorrow in that moment. Uh, there, there's a form of, uh, I don't want to get it wrong, but I, my understanding is that there's a form of depression that when you're so depressed, your, your, your sweat begins to turn to blood because your body is in such anguish. This is what was happening to Jesus on our behalf before he went to the cross. His burden of prayer was so intense. When reading this scripture, it brings us to our knees. It must bring us to our knees. Hebrews 7 verse 24 says, Therefore he is 
able once and forever to save those who come to God through him. Now listen to this. He lives forever to intercede with God on their behalf. Jesus lives forever to intercede with God on our behalf. That's what he lives for. Here's a quote for you. If Jesus, fully God and fully man, loved by the Father with infinite love and full of the Holy Spirit without measure, saturated his whole life in prayer and has continued to pray for us for more than 2,000 years, we have absolute assurance that prayer is never a wasted effort. Think about that. Prayer is never, never, never a wasted effort. Amen? Prayer is never a wasted effort. Are you starting to get the picture of what I'm trying to say to you? You see, when Jesus entered the temple, and uh, he, he drew out the money changers. They shouldn't have been there. He took them away. Uh, they had taken residence in the temple, and Jesus threw them out. But when he threw those money changers out, he didn't say uh, that we would call God's house a house of teaching, even though he taught at the temple a number of times. He didn't, say, he didn't call it a house of healing, even though he healed at the temple. He didn't call it a house of fellowship, even though the temple was a gathering place for people. He called it, you know it, he called it a house of prayer for all nations. That's what he called it. You see, church, we must be a center of prayer, a house of prayer for all nations. That must be our identity. I've been asked... uh, How do we pray? Some people have asked me before, how do I pray? How do I uh, get close to God? How do I pray with God? When it comes to prayer, here are a few suggestions for everyone. First off, I love this one. No more babbling. (laughs) Matthew 6 verse 7 says this, When you pray, don't babble on and on as the Gentiles do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. Every once in a while, I get around someone and they repeat their words again and again and again and again and again. And I think, man, have you read your Bible lately? No, they haven't. All right, but no more babbling. It needs to stop. This is key, and I'll say it uh, as gently as possible, even though I really didn't say it that gently. When you pray, have a purpose with your prayer. When you pray, have a purpose. Speak to God Clearly, you see, he's a big God. He can handle our raw emotions and the things that we are asking him for. He can take it. He can. He can take it. You see, God has a mighty plan. He has a mighty plan. So here's some more prayer tips. First off, pray specifically. Pray specifically for the need that's in front of you. One of the things I learned a long time ago, pray specifically. Here's another one. If you are dreaming, you aren't praying. I used to deceive myself with this. If you are dreaming, you're not praying. You're probably just asleep, all right? If you're dreaming, you're not praying. Use words, not feelings and emotions. This one's hard. Use words, not just feelings and emotions. Explain yourself to God. People always say to me, well, God knows what I'm thinking. Yes, he does. I believe that with all my heart. But here's the truth, church. When we speak the words to God, something changes. I can't explain it. (laughs) I've been trying to figure it out. I can't explain it. But when we speak the words to God, 
something changes. You see, you can't just throw a prayer over there. I've seen people like, oh, bless them. Stop that. Pray for them. Don't just bless, uh, throwing stuff around. No, no, no. Pray for them. Get up to them and pray for them. Pray for whatever the need is. You can't just throw a prayer over there. You have to speak it to God. God, would you heal their body? God, would you heal their leg? God, would you restore their relationship with their spouse? Be specific. Pray it out loud to the Lord. He can handle it. Once again, Jesus taught us to pray. And we read it earlier, but I love it so much. Read it again. Our Father in heaven. If you don't know what to say, I just say the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts and as we also forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. You see, I've always said, if you don't know where to start, just start with the Lord's Prayer. That's where you start. That's where you start. So I've got these things on the screen, and I'm not sure uh, if you're going to be able to write them down quick enough, but uh, we'll, see. we'll see how it goes. So I, the title would be Putting It All Together. So we're going to try to put all that's been spoken together. All right, put all the thoughts together. Here's the first one. Intentional. Always, oh, that's not, I'm not there yet, Val. That's my fault. Okay, hold on, Val. Just stay there. We're not quite there yet. Here's the first one, intentional. Always be intentional with your words. Don't waste them. So remember that, intentional. Secondly, systematic. Excuse me. Have a purpose for each word you use. Have a purpose for each word you use. I don't think this is on the screen. I messed that up, everyone. Sorry. Pastor fail. Okay. Number three, substantive. Now you have to listen instead of just look at the screen. Okay. (laughs) Substantive. Ask God for something significant. Ask God for something significant. Let me read that again. The first one is intentional. Always be intentional with your words. Don't waste them. Number two, systematic. Have a purpose for each word you use. And the third one, substantive. Ask God for something significant significant asking for something significant so now we're going to put it all together thank you Phil. <laughs> here we go these are on the screen prayer is never a wasted effort it's what jesus is doing today prayer is never wasted jesus is praying right now for all of us that's what the bible says so prayer is never a wasted effort prayer is an expression of our desire for god to be universally recognized as glorious, and therefore we ask him to bring that about. It's okay to talk about the glory of God when we pray. Prayer is focusing the will of God as revealed in the word of God on a situation that is out of line with the word of God to bring it into harmony with his will. Let me read that again. (laughs) These are quotes, all right? Let me read it again. Prayer is focusing the will of God as revealed in the word of God on a situation that is out of line with the word of God to bring it into harmony with his will. If you have a phone, just snap a picture of the slide. All right. Prayer for our, here's the last one. Prayer for our personal needs must be rooted in the larger context of the spread of God's kingdom for the universal recognition of his glory. Think about this again. I'll read it again. Prayer for our 
personal needs must be rooted in the larger context of the spread of God's kingdom for the universal recognition of his glory. So church, do not be mistaken. God has a plan through prayer. I think the point that was most significant for me today was when I read the scripture that Jesus still intercedes for each and every one of us. You and I have complete control over our life. However, the Lord Jesus, he still intercedes for us. His groanings are too deep for words. And they're being spoken about each and every one of us. You see, God has a mighty plan for your life. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Would you stand with me right now? We're going to conclude this morning. I know that was a lot of information, especially at the end, and uh, it was kind of a Bible school lesson there, so if you don't want to go to Bible school, I apologize, but there you go. Uh, But I just wanted to give everyone the proper framework for prayer, what we need to see through prayer, what we want to ask God through prayer. The, The most significant thing I could say is that when we pray, we take it seriously. We're not just, like I said a few times, we're not just throwing things out there and hope it sticks on the wall. No, we are praying that God would touch us, that God would minister by His Holy Spirit to our situation.